The market is constantly changing. New technology, new trends, new players. We can either treat the constant changing and uncertainty as a threat, or we can treat it as an invitation to see everything we do as a work in progress. I'm Tara McMullen, and this is What Works, the show that takes you behind the scenes to discover what's really working as small business owners build stronger businesses. Now, all this month, we've been looking at the process of value creation, how we wind up building the products and services that we sell. We heard from Alicia Robertson about how she turned her book into the idea for a membership community. India Jackson shared how she went from modeling to photography to running a brand visibility agency. And we heard from Michelle Marquardt DeVoe about how she took a tried and maybe not so true model for offering voice teaching services and turned it on its head to improve how she delivered value and to make more money. Along the way, I also shared stories from my own companies about how things have evolved and what I've learned as things have changed about the ways I create and deliver value, from business support to podcast production to leadership development. So back to change and uncertainty. Like I said, change and uncertainty is a given. There's absolutely no point in fighting it, trying to get things exactly right or anticipate what's going to happen next. And you know what? That's great, because at this point, it should be clear that creating value is always a work in progress. As the market changes, our offers can evolve. As we learn more, we can try new things. Now, the challenge in this is actually treating your business as a work in progress. So often, I see business owners work in fits and starts, trying to solve one piece of the puzzle once and for all, only to get frustrated, take a break, and then find something else to fix it on for a while. Now, whether it's creating value, making your systems more efficient, or growing your audience, the trick to treating your business as a work in progress is consistent action. Business building has to be a habit, not a one-off project you have to get right. To make business building a habit, you need a solid system to focus on what matters, a structure of getting the work done, and the support of peers and mentors who can inspire you to keep going. And that's exactly what we do at the What Works Network. When you join the What Works Network, you commit to making business building a habit. Each month, we give you the focus, structure, and support you need to take your work in progress and make it a little stronger. Together, we take consistent strategic action to build a more effective, efficient, and sustainable business. The What Works Network is accepting new members right now through the end of August, and this is the last chance to get in on our current pricing. The next time we accept new members, the price will be doubled. To learn more about the What Works Network and join us, go to explorewhatworks.com slash network. Now, I'd actually like to introduce you to three members of the What Works Network. Brooklyn Resume Studio founder, Dana Levy-Dietrich, Paint is Thicker Than Water founder, Jenny Ann Carthorn, and Simple Creative Marketing founder, Anthony Chanismuth. Each small business owner has a story about how their business and the ways they're creating value is a work in progress. First, we'll hear from Dana Levy-Dietrich, the founder of Brooklyn Resume Studio. Dana is very clear that the value her company is creating isn't competitive all on its own. Lots of agencies help job seekers write resumes. So Dana is focused on differentiating on something that isn't nearly as common in the resume writing world, exceptional service. 
She's made sure that offering exceptional service is part of the value proposition Brooklyn Resume Studio offers, but never takes that level of service for granted. It's always a work in progress. We work with job seekers and career changers to help them put their story on paper so they can position themselves competitively in today's demanding job market. So our clients range across all different industries and levels, and we work with people across the globe from interns up through top executives at a number of well-known companies and brands. Um, you know, we've been around about 10 years and we've had a great team that's been with us uh, for a long time. And with that in mind, I wanted to share a quick story that's really shaped the way that we do business. So a uh, long time ago, I ran track and field every spring in high school. And as part of our daily practice routine, we'd go on these long, several mile group runs through our uh, downtown in New Jersey. So we had just finished our run one day. We're tired. We're hot. We're just ready to go home. And my coach says, always remember, whenever you're tempted to cut that corner, there's another girl on the other team who's not. And it's just something that's stayed with me throughout my life and influenced me as a business owner. You know, while there are times that you're tempted to cut corners because you're short on time, you're short on energy, or just simply not invested in the project at hand, just know that there's someone else out there doing the work and, and customers notice that. Um, you know, and I've never taken this to mean that I have to actually outpace the competition, but it's more that I have to be willing to push myself and the business further in order to provide a service that makes a client really feel like they're getting the extra value. So not cutting corners. And when clients feel like they're getting value, they come back, they refer other clients and they speak highly of you. And I know this to be true because you know, we spend nearly nothing on marketing and more than 50% of our business comes from referrals. So how has this whole idea impacted Brooklyn Resume Studio? Well, we work in a field that's not exactly known for its exceptional customer service. You know, resume writing companies often overcharge to write a resume only to outsource it and, you know, provide really little, if any, interaction with their clients. And that just never sat well with me, you know, having started this company as a career coach, where providing a great customer experience is really at the root of what you do. Um, you know, over the years, we've hired a number of team members, and unfortunately, many haven't worked out simply because they just didn't share that commitment to customer experience, and it showed in their work. Um, I remember one day a client reached out to me. She'd been working with my colleague um, who reported into me. And the client was frustrated. She'd been working with this team member who didn't seem to be on the same page as far as what she was trying to achieve with the resume. You know, the team member had been taking a long time to get back to her, not really giving her the overall experience that our brand promises. Um, and I'll never forget what she said to me next. She said, Dana, I was so excited to work with you guys, and I kind of feel like I got your B team. And <laughs> oof, that just broke my heart. I mean, I immediately put myself in this client's shoes, and I imagined her disappointment, and I just immediately knew that we had to do better here. So among other measures, you know, we let that staff member go. I worked personally with this person to remediate the situation. And I even upgraded her package to make sure that, yeah, she was getting more value, but also that she felt heard by us. Um, 
you know, customer experience is not something every company cares to or really can even afford to prioritize. And, you know, this always comes back to bite them. Um, you know, especially for us as a premium high price service, it's really critical. I mean, sure, working one on one with every client takes time and it kind of limits the capacity of what we can take on. But it also allows us to pro- provide a more personalized, targeted experience. And that's ultimately what gives our clients confidence to invest in our premium services. So we have our standard packages and guidelines, but we're also known for going above and beyond. You know, some of our best reviews have actually come from customers who were initially dissatisfied and then changed their perception once we put the time and effort into fixing the problem and making sure that they felt heard. And then those testimonials have actually gone on given other prospective customers the confidence to invest. So we see the immediate return of making sure that our customers have a great experience with us. And really, that magic ingredient is the customer experience. You know, it's about going above and beyond, providing extra value where we can make it work as a business, and just making sure that what we're providing is so good that people can't help but talk about it. And, you know, in other words, not cutting corners. And because of that, we have a 99% satisfaction rate among our client base. And that's even kind of rubbed off on me personally, too. You know, I have days where I'm tired. I still have to proofread a lengthy, complex document at the end of the day. Um, But, you know, when moments like that arise, I always try to ask myself, is this in the best interest of the client or is there a better way to do it that will ensure they're happy with the end product? You know, like proofreading it tomorrow morning with fresh caffeinated eyes. (laughs) The way you create and deliver value is never just the end result. It's also the experience your customer has as they buy from you or work with you. As Dana has built a stronger and stronger business, she's continued to work to make exceptional service a core part of her value proposition. Next, we'll hear from Jenny Ann Carthern, founder of Paint is Thicker Than Water Studio of the Arts. Her approach is all about helping people train their creative muscles and let go of limiting beliefs and mindsets they have about themselves as artists. Jenny Ann shares how developing an online course with a minimum viable product mindset helped her see the whole project as a work in progress. I help beginners realize that making art is a process. It's a learning process. It's about practicing your skills, not being perfect, and it's about the process of making, not the end product. So it's just like um, athletes. Athletes train for competition, but the only difference here is that artists, we don't train to compete against one another. Maybe some do, but most don't. But what we train for is to connect to society, connect to ourselves, and to connect with others. And more importantly, is to connect with your soul. So in the last few months, I've really been creating more value by first reviewing my past content that I created, reflecting on how I work with my students in the past. And I've been taking a really hard look at the results, experiences, and the transformations that my students have had as a result of working with me. Then I chose a model to work with. The Minimum Viable Product, um, it was mentioned and an accelerator program that I was in by Jennifer Lee from the Right Brain Business Plan and in a book by Eric Reese called The Lean Startup. What I really liked about the Minimal Viral product is that it had messages that really resonated with my brand and really similar to the way that I like to work. 
in that it focuses on practice, not perfect, and process and not the end product. I mean, eventually you get to an end product. And to be honest, I didn't follow all the steps of the minimum viable product, but I took what I thought was valuable for myself and my service, and I modified it into a language that works for me and my business. And so what some of the things I liked about it is that in the past, I've created products, I created classes, products, and all sorts of things. And sometimes you know, I would, it would be a hit and sometimes it would be a miss. But every time it would be a miss, I wouldn't try that product again. I just throw it off, throw it out, and I wouldn't give it another go. But what the Minimum Viable product is teaching me is that, yes, maybe it doesn't work the first time around, but if I look for the weaknesses that I had or maybe I did something wrong, like a misstep or something that went on in that process, take a look at it again and then rearrange it and then put it back out there again. And so that's what I've been doing. And that's what I've been doing with my new course called No Rules Paint Night. So with No Rules Paint Night is really an invitation for beginning artists to step into their own limelight. It's a, it's a virtual space that allows them to come in for an hour um, and to play, to truly play with paint materials in their own space um, with a group of people. And so I initially created this course but when I put it out there, it, all I heard were crickets. I, I did hear people love the idea of the course, but they didn't jump into the course. And so what I found is that I didn't really do a lot of marketing. I didn't do a lot of selling. And um, I didn't give enough time to work on my messaging in a way, I guess. And so this time around, I'm looking back. And I'm working on those areas that I've made mishaps on. And then I'm going to go back out and I'm going to put the course out there again. And this time around, I'm also going to get feedback um, from my community to see what they love about it and what they don't love about it so I can make edits and changes to it. So that's what the minimum viable product is really like for me. And that's how I feel um, the true value of it is. So this time around, no point now, it's not going to be a course, it's going to be a workshop. Um, it's going to be a workshop that allows people to come in, play with paint, and experience the making process. And that's the whole first step of getting into the practice of making art in a non-judgmental space. And so this process of creating value has really helped me to really discover my brand, my brand values, my brand purpose, and mainly to discover what I want to give back to others in that, which is basically a sense of hope through the arts. I love how Jenny Ann's approach to art and approach to creating value mimic each other. They're both about letting go of the need to make it right and instead just get making. By using the minimum viable product approach, Jenny Ann has been able to embrace getting a little messy with the way she's creating value so she can build a product that people love over time. Finally, let's hear from Anfernee Chanismuth. Anfernee is the founder and director of Simple Creative Marketing. Anfernee shares how the case study and content marketing service his company provides has evolved over time, from a significantly underpriced experiment to a refined and profitable service that's a joy to offer. I want you to take note of how Anfernee reworked the service over time to find the sweet spot of value creation, pricing, and operations. 
My name is Anthony Chansomuth, and I'm the founder and director of SimpleCreativeMarketing.com. We're known for producing customer success stories that attract great clients, builds credibility quicker, and helps salespeople to sell more effectively. I first launched SEM as a blog writing service. That was back in 2016, around September. And I used a process outlined in a book called Seven Day Startup by Dan Norris. I'd spent a few hours putting up a landing page. I added a buy button and priced it at around at $300 AUD per month for unlimited blog posts. So that works out to be approximately $215 USD. As a launch offer, I offered the first five customers 50% off the monthly rate. So that's really about $100 US for unlimited content per month. So that's an incredible deal, right? The interesting thing was that uh, two of the first customers uh, that I obtained were from a Facebook group that I was in at the time, and they wanted me to interview their clients and produce case studies for their businesses. I was warned early on by a couple of people that the starting price point that I had was really not sustainable. And it wasn't long before I discovered that they were right. About 12 months later, a mentor helped me calculate how much it was costing me per job delivered. And it was glaringly obvious that our service was severely underpriced and that I wasn't paying myself a salary, let alone turning a profit. This helped me to increase our rate, factor in a healthy profit margin and get profitable for the first time. So I doubled our rate overnight and then landed our first US client at $560 US per month. Uh, soon, another opportunity to create value arose. I noticed that our clients were struggling not only with their content, but with their entire marketing. They essentially had no marketing plan and they had nobody to drive their marketing in-house. So my mentor suggested that I test and outsourced chief marketing officer service uh, with a handful of clients as that would be of greater value to the businesses and also had the potential to be more profitable. So I tested an offer with a couple of our content clients and soon I had three clients paying me 1200 USD per month, working with them four hours per week on their marketing. Eventually, I dropped the service as I realized that whilst it was making good money, the CMO work was draining me and taking me away from what I enjoyed the most. That's helping business owners with their content strategy and taking the pain out of creating high quality case studies that get businesses more leads and sales with less content. Our rates currently start from 400 USD per case study and my business is much more sustainable. So this journey of creating value has really helped me to do a few things. First of all, to challenge my own assumptions around what things are worth, especially my own skills and experience. Secondly, to identify and talk to customers or potential customers to understand the real challenges they're going through and what problems they are willing to pay good money for. And finally, to also make sure that I factor in a few important considerations before I put a price on anything. Uh, Things such as owner's pay, profit margin, and how much it actually costs to deliver each job to the client. I know so many folks stress out over getting an offer right, right out of the gate. But Anthony's story tracks with many of the small business owners I know. It's not about getting it right at first. It's about getting it right over time. Creating value is always a work in progress. How we deliver that value, market it, price it, package it, that's always a work in progress too. If you're sitting on an idea you're excited about, remember that you don't have to get it right to give it a go. Assume that it's going to be a work in progress and start somewhere, then refine, repackage, and rework it from there. 
Special thanks to Dana Levy-Dietrich, Jenny Ann Carthern, and Anthony Chanismuth for contributing to this week's episode. Find links to Brooklyn Resume Studio, Paint is Thicker Than Water, and Simple Creative Marketing in our show notes. Remember, you can join Dana, Jenny Ann, and Anthony inside the What Works Network so you can build a stronger business with us. We're accepting new members now through the end of August, and this is the last chance you have to lock in our current pricing before it doubles in September. When you join us, you'll get to plug into the focus, structure, and support you need to build a stronger business little by little. To find out more and join the What Works Network, go to explorewhatworks.com slash network. What Works is produced by Yellow House Media. Our production coordinator is Sean McMullen. This episode was edited by Marty Seafelt. Our production assistant is Kristen Runvik with help from Shannon Paris. Find over 290 episodes of What Works, plus our free weekly newsletter on building a stronger business at explorewhatworks.com. <laughs>